The Broadcast. C Strategies LLC. Becky. Micah. Elaine. Chicago. Wine. Women. Chit Chat. Public Relations. C Strategies. Public Affairs. Media. Thank you to the Remix Project Chicago for the six space and studio. Three, two, one. Welcome to the very first edition of the broadcast, a podcast dedicated to showcasing women who are making an impact on Chicago and their communities through business, civic engagement, and other means. I'm Becky Carroll, President and CEO of C Strategies. And uh, forgive me if I sound uh, a little obnoxious here, but my producer <laughs> wrote this bio for me. Uh, I'm a two-decade veteran of high-profile political and public policy campaigns, including my work as National Director of Women for Obama on the 2008 Obama for President campaign. Um, I've also served as a spokesperson and advisor to public sector executives at both City Hall and the Office of the Governor. I'm a lifelong Chicagoan, having served on multiple boards that promote leadership roles for women in politics and women's health, family, and workplace issues. Awesome. Sounds like you are a perfect fit for the broadcast. Thank you. Hi, I'm Micah Stamba, Vice President of Sea Strategies. I am also a journalist, entrepreneur, having worked both in the newsroom and on front lines in the business world. In 2008, I opened my first business and received an Emmy for work as a field producer at CBS News Chicago. Through my work in both worlds, I landed the role of spokesperson for the city of Chicago's Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection, earning the department roughly $5 million in media coverage. I also serve on the board of directors for the YWCA Metropolitan Chicago, as well as Susan G. Komen, and on several host committees to raise funds and awareness to benefit the sick and less fortunate here in Chicago. So today we have a pretty powerful show. Um, We are going to talk to... Uh, three women, aka broads, <laughs> in the media, in the media, and we're going to discuss the evolving role of women in news. So, joining us are Politicos Natasha Korecki, Chicago Tribune's Heidi Stevens, and editor of Chicago Women Magazine Jennifer Smith Tap. Yay! Applause all around. <laughs> We are so excited that you gals, I'm sorry, you broads joined us for our first <laughs> podcast. You're kind of like our dream team. It's like when we were coming up with like, who can we have to serve on this? We were like, Natasha and Heidi and Jennifer. And you all said yes. So thank you so much. That's really, really cool of you. So really quick, before we get into the program part of this, um, I know we all watched President Obama's speech last night, and I was there, and yes, I cried. Um, and I know y'all aren't partisan because you're, you know, journalists, but I just love like a couple thoughts on on what, you know, you kind of took away from that speech last night. Um, this is Natasha. I'll start off. Um, I I I was there last night, and it was, uh, it, you know, we were talking about this earlier. It, it really felt like the inauguration. There was just this electricity in the room. It was very positive. Everybody was there for the same reason. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, the favorite son coming home. And um, just everyone was just very, very just happy, excited, and, and kind of looking back on the good old days, like, hey, remember when Indiana turned blue and uh, all those good, you know, because everybody's been through, a, you know, his supporters have been through a very rough 
transition here. So um, it was it was quite a night, I'd say. I second that. Yeah, it was um, my favorite part, I think, was watching him kind of put the onus on us going forward. You know, he's he did a greatest hits list and he told us what he accomplished and he made sure to say that we were the ones who accomplished it. But then he was pretty clear in saying, like, OK, now I'm one of you. I'm a citizen in, you know, 10 days. And um, we have work to do. So, like, lace up your boots and let's get started. And he was really clear that, you know, democracy is at stake here and there's work to be done and start doing it. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, right on, Heidi. It was like, I, I told one person, I was like, he just... No, I actually think I didn't tell this to a person I said on Facebook. Um, <laughs> you feel like you're talking to someone on Facebook, right? <laughs> but it was like he thing. ended it on the highest of high notes. You yeah. know, he just went out in a beautiful way, like... I think he did when he first announced as well. Yeah, Jennifer. Yeah, well, I didn't actually watch it because it, it was too emotional for me to watch. Like, okay, I'm gonna take a couple read days it. to distance yourself. From yeah, it. I actually, I that's what I told myself. I was gonna wait until um, you know later today or even tomorrow to kind of go through and and maybe watch it. But I decided just to kind of um, read the text mm. of it because I wanted just to kind of yeah. I needed that kind of s- separation. I didn't want to be watching it. And, you know, it zooms in on someone crying, you know, like I needed this to kind of just see the words. And, um, and yeah, it reminded me of the, the very beginning where it's like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that way you are just like, oh my God, you know, all these things that you're kind of thinking what politics and what government should be. Um, you know, it kind of brought me back to that point. And, yeah. you know, along what Heidi said, you know, putting um, the responsibility of kind of crafting the type of nation you want to have on us mm-hmm. citizen mm-hmm. with a capital c it's you know yep it's not you know it's something that we all have to do and you know maybe once at least for me you get past the sort of like you know the grief stage yeah girl i don't even know what stage <laughs> I mean. it's like it's be- before one it's before the first stage it's gonna take me the whole four years to get Pretty to like grief. stage yeah. five yeah well I, get yourself a glass of wine yeah. and that's what i've been doing it. it's not working <laughs> yeah. i thought i was the hard i was completely hooked at his swagger when yeah. he came out, I mean, his, I don't think I've seen a suit fit him better. <laughs> <laughs> that was why I did on purpose. I was like, I, I mean, the suit was perfect. He, you know, he, he had a, he had a strut. Yeah, he was he waving. Mm-hmm. He had, he, he came out reeking of confidence class yeah. to me. And then I was hooked. And, and totally. then the second part, you know, since we're talking women issues was the fact that he completely built up his wife yeah. and mm-hmm. said, you know, you, you are, you women and girls are going to do better things because you were the first lady. And yep. it, it really was powerful to me. And, you know, I, you know, I, of course I support women rights and everything. And you hear men talk about their wives, but that was clearly extremely pure. And to me, I'm a you know, hopeless romantic, the single mm-hmm. girl. Um, mm-hmm. But I loved it. I, I yeah. thought it was amazing. He it really raised the bar for how husbands now have to talk about. I just thought it came across as so sincere, and especially he he like visibly was tearing up and choking up at and that, he was looking at that at moment her. and looking at her. Yeah. So it, it and people just at just the mere mention of her name was just like the, it was just a thunderous. Saw her come on the camera. They just went crazy. Yeah. I mean. It was it was really a moment. So and Malia tearing up watching mm-hmm. her dad talk about her mom was pretty amazing. Yeah, she couldn't even yeah. open her eyes for yeah. like thirty seconds. I kept I kept saying, "Am I? 
Do I need to put my glasses on? I can't see it, but you could tell she was physically... Yeah, really moved. Really, yeah. really Trying moved, to hold so. it in and compose herself. So, well, I'm glad. I just thought, like, we all need to get that out of our system, and that will get <laughs> us going to, like, the program part of this. So, um, so you know, the topic, you know, today is kind of trying to look at the evolving role of women in news. And, you you know, Heidi's a columnist. Natasha is the, the top writer here in Illinois for Politico. And you've been covering politics a long time. And Jennifer is the editor of Chicago Woman Magazine, which has gotten off to an amazing start. Kudos to you and Kendra okay. Chaplin, your partner in crime there. Yay, Kendra. Yay. <laughs> We're, yeah, hopefully you're, you're, you're listening out there, Kendra. Um, so generally speaking... How would you describe the state of women in news today opposed to like 10 or 15 years ago? You know, are there more editors? Are there more columnists? And are you seeing that, you know, the quote unquote issues that women traditionally care about or women in general are, are getting more attention today? Um, I can. Yeah. I, I'm happy to start off. This is Natasha again. Um so, I, you know, having the benefit of having worked in several different newsrooms from the Daily Herald, the Sun-Times, and now, well, Politico, I'm kind of on my own here, but <laughs> I sometimes visit the other newsrooms. Um, I I would just say, you know, a couple of takeaways. I mean, I, I think com- just from a reporter's standpoint, like when I first started, I, I really felt like when I was at the Daily Herald in particular that there was... There are certain assignments that always went to the guys, you know, like and it and it seemed like the you know, the edgier story is the hard breaking news, big, big story. And and I and I specifically remember it was I think it was one involving George Ryan, maybe when he was first indicted, and I think I was still there, um, former governor. And um I think they put like seven people on, every single one was a guy. And I was like what the hell? Like, I, I'm perfectly um, capable, capable of doing this. And I was, I mean, I was in position to do it. And why are you excluding me? You know, there was just no reason. And um, I I think that part has kind of changed as as time has worn on. And, and you know, I, I just personally found my own niche. And, you know, I ended up covering his trial, ironically. Right. Um, and the sometimes had you know, full faith in me there. Um, so that, that was, that was interesting to me, but that always kind of bugged me there. And I, and I did rem- I remember I raised that point and, and they, frankly, I don't think it was done on purpose. I think it was just sort of like the management managers were men and they just kind of like, yeah. that's who they tapped. It was and like then, systemic. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, I went, moved over sometimes and, um, you know, there were so many powerful females who, you know, just like, you know, Fran Spielman and you just had so many like Mary Mitchell and Lynn Sweet and, and Carol Marine. Carol, and, oh, yeah. yeah, Carol yeah. Marine, of course. And um, and Sneed, you know, they, mm-hmm. they all like made their names for themselves and they're like covering major beats. But super when you, pioneers in that respect. Right. <laughs> but when you looked at the management there, there were no female managers of the Sun-Times. I mean. You know, there was, you know, briefly um, a couple of times, you know, in and out. But but most of my bosses have always been male and I've got along with them fine. But I mean, come on. I mean, there there were several times that I looked around and said, OK, there's a woman covering a major beat, every major beat in this paper. But there's no woman who's in management. No. Um, it, you know, so it just seemed like you kind of you get to a point there. And I, I think there was just room to work. Also. I, I do tend to think that in general, a lot of the investigative slots end up going to males. 
just oh, in yes. general at newspapers. And I mean, the Tribune's a lot better at, I mean, and they have more people too, but they mm-hmm. have, you know, very strong women sure. um, who have who've, who've done well. But overall, you look at the workhorses who do the day-to-day, it's always female bylines, female yeah. bylines. And then the, you know, the big thumb sucker that took, you know, <laughs> that they had all three months to do. Yeah three or four male bylines. I mean... No, it's funny you say that because you're talking about the investigative reporters. I've, for better or worse, have been a part of a lot of investigative reports. And I think with the exception of Lori Cohen, who used to be at the Tribune, it's always been men at every single paper. Yeah, yeah. not at the Tribune so much. We have Trish Callahan and Stacey mm-hmm. Sinclair and Jody Cohen and, and we do pretty well. Oh, Jody well, Cohen. But... I'm sorry. That's why I'm at. Jody Cohen. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. Um, I would say the same is true for opinion writers and that's number-wise. Like the Op-Ed Project looked at, I think it was the top three papers. There were, um, I, I looked this up before I came in here. <laughs> um, top three papers, four biggest syndicates. Out of 143 columnists, 38 of them are women. So that's not great. Yeah. Newsrooms in general are about 36% female, and that's stayed the same for about the past 20 years. So it's not really getting better. It's not really getting worse. And of course, newsrooms, as we all know, are shrinking um, in general. But I think that um, you couple that with the fact that men are quoted so much more frequently than women. Like in front page stories, I think it's three times as often as women's voices are quoted. And we're just we're not used to hearing women have opinions and thoughts still in 2017 and the media is not doing a great job of of helping us get more used to it right because it's a concerted effort to really go out of their way to capture exactly yeah and and so and we will we have several women clients (laughs) so we will make sure their sound bites are in every media outlet we are coming for you chicago media good but yeah but when the majority of the men are reporters the majority of men are editors the majority of men are opinion writers and the majority of people quoted are men you're just not hearing from women the way you should be so is that maybe I don't know what the, the genesis exactly was for Chicago Woman magazine. I know today Chicago Woman went off the map, and this is mm-hmm. a vastly different kind of publication, and your your whole strategy is vastly different. Mm-hmm. So do you think, like, you're helping to, like, maybe fill that void? Oh, I think for sure. Um, Kendra Chaplin, who's the founder and the publisher of Chicago Woman magazine, her idea was to... Um, kind of have a magazine that told the stories of professional women in the city. Um, And she wanted it to be very specifically in Chicago, like not, you know, like in the city. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that we do fill that void because we, like Heidi said, we're women and we're not used to hearing ourselves talk. You know, we don't like to talk about ourselves. We don't, you know, we don't hear the stories of other women. And so um, we, that's kind of the core of our mission editorially is to tell these stories of women, whether they're, you know, C-suite level women or, um, you know, women kind of on their way to that point in their career, or even, you know, our, a lot, we get a lot of readers from a, a wide range of ages. And so we have women who, um, you know, are junior level women who come to our parties and, you know, come up to me and tell me, you know, I really love your magazine. This and is, those are know, great parties, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they are doing them for Seriously, every go issue, to their website please. and sign up. <laughs> yes. Do that. Um, and so, you know, we like to feel like we're, you know, kind of, and that's always a kind of um, something that's always on my mind is how to tell the widest variety of stories because, um, you know, as the editor and as an African-American woman, I have to, it's, it's up to me 
to make sure um, that different types of stories get told from different parts of the city. Um, Because there's a lot going on on the south side and the west side that isn't all about the horrible things going on. And so, um, you know, so, yeah, so there we, you know, did want to fill that void. And we've been told, you know, many times, thank goodness, you know, the people that read the magazine that they love the fact that, you know, I love to just sit and read an entire magazine from open to close. That's just all about women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not always about, again, not always about the CEOs, but also about, um, you know, a woman who started a business, you know, she always loved taking care of kids. I mean, she started a business, you know, doing that. Well, what are the five things she learned on mm-hmm. her journey to, I mean, they can be like the smallest, the smallest thing. Well, that's but important because you have to pepper important. in the small with the grand ideas. Yes. Exactly. Right. Because exactly. otherwise you scare away, you yeah. scare away the reader that's like, but I'm not there. Exactly. And I don't even want to the go balance. there. Yeah. And yeah. I just want starts with the idea. Not everyone, you know, starts a business and they become a Fortune 500 company. No. They mm-hmm. start in someone's basement. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Or a small storefront and they evolve. And yeah. I can say, you know, I was at CBS here in Chicago just shy of 10 years. I had four news directors, three were men, one was a woman. But the entire time I was there, the managing editor was the glue of that newsroom. She is still there. Beth Freeling, you are amazing keep it up and and she plays all the roles she plays the mom she plays the boss she plays the fixer she plays the, the enforcer mm-hmm. and Which is roles we are all familiar with yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it's true you know someone has a headache they go to beth someone like is yeah. it making deadline they go to beth someone needs a vacation they go to beth i mean so to, it was amazing to work under her because she was my direct supervisor and, and watch her just watch people just cower but then she would you know give them an apple if she had an extra something extra in her lunch <laughs> so well um, I should quickly add um, because I was railing on the Sun Times um, yeah. so much and now I am at Politico and they did just make our editor in chief is uh, Carrie Budaf Brown and she's oh, that's great. quite capable she was very warm um, she came and, and met with all of us and and you know I my male editors at, at in New York are fabulous as well, but it's it's just nice to see that, and it's um you know and her predecessor was also female, yeah, and that should be celebrated because it doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. And someone had just told me yesterday, you can't be what you can't see. Mm-hmm. So you know you you've got to see more women out there, whether they're running for office or they're writing or whatnot, to inspire others to to get to that point. Right, and not just a name, but really um, feel empowered. I mean, yeah. I do feel like there are some. Some women who are given these roles and and but they still aren't empowered yeah. in the organization mm-hmm. and I and I I don't feel that way at, at Politico. No, which is cool so far anyway. It's very nice because if you work there, you know you want to feel <laughs> you want to feel that way. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about um, the the voice of women in the news post twenty sixteen uh, presidential election? Do you think that? the landscape is going to be altered? Do you think that it's going, I mean, a lot of women put him in the White House. Um, do you, how do you, how do you see the next four years of news and women blending? Well, my hope is that um, women aren't afraid to use their voices because of the blowback that comes when we do. Um, the blowback's always been there. I have a friend who, 
um, Sheila Solomon, maybe some of you know her. She worked, African-American woman who worked for a newspaper in South Carolina in the 60s and said, if you think hate mail is a new thing, you know, I, let me tell you. And people used to sign their names, walk into the mailbox and put a stamp on it. So it's nothing new. Um, but women are, I think, experiencing more targeted, more violent, threatening kinds of blowback when they have been covering Trump. That's well documented, right? Um, so my hope is that we can push through and and cover this presidency the way it's going to need to be covered. Because um, there's going to be a lot of secrecy. There's going to be a lot of um, story threads to tug on. And um, I think we're just going to have to, unfortunately, grow thick skin and, and soldier through because it's going to it's been ugly and it's going to get uglier. Um, and you're going to have to keep pushing. You're going to have to keep pushing. Yeah. You kind of have a sense of how they've <clears throat> operated so far. And I think one of the things that goes back to what we were originally saying, where we don't have audiences who are necessarily used to hearing from women, either as sources or as writers, um, is that uh, a lot of times a woman having any opinion is offensive to certain readers and, and viewers. And so you get blowback. I mean, I've gotten blowback on every single thing I've written, whether it's parenting, whether it's saying it's okay for Santa to be black, whether it's a transgender issue, whether you name it, it doesn't have to be political for you to get, um, you know, really pretty nasty, nasty emails and tweets and you name it, comments. Um, so it, politics takes it to another level, but I think you talk to any woman who's had her name and face out there with an opinion or with some thoughts attached to it, she's probably pretty used to the negativity by now. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say we just have to steal ourselves for more of it, probably, sadly. That's not an optimistic message, but I'm sticking with it. Again, wine. <laughs> wine, without the H, yeah. W-I-N-E, yeah. yes. Uh -huh. I, yeah, I, I would say that over time, I've, I've really learned to kind of just desensitize myself from emails and um and you know tweets and and that kind of thing i mean once in a while it well, something will really grab you and you're don't you know just delete or move on um i had one in in particular that uh, it was this was years ago though that really rattled me and like we had security on it and stuff and um uh, well where you know someone sent me this really nasty email about like he was going to do a sculpture of me being raped and oh. um it was so disturbing and the sad thing is like that's not the first time i've heard about you know women yep. getting those those nature and nature yeah and i and i think i i haven't really been the subject of that in recent times right. but um I, I a lot of women i hear from are and particularly because it's so easy now on social media mm -hmm. and um it is, yeah, it's, that part is very disturbing. And, you know, the other thing is, um, you kind of always know when you've been so-called drudged, like your story has made it onto drudge, mm -hmm. because you will suddenly start getting all of these mm -hmm. emails that are just the most um, offensive emails. And I'm like, oh, my story must be on drudge. And then sure <laughs> enough, there it is. Um, so I just, I just ignore them all. I don't read them because they're just, there's these people do not want to engage with you. They are not looking for a conversation. They are no. just venting. Um, the so, trolls. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just, you just got to kind of ignore that. The 
Well, other thing I will add from a civic standpoint, I think once the election was over and a lot of people were very surprised, um, what I kept hearing and seeing all around me was people saying, you know what, I am going to get involved. I cannot sit, you know, anymore. And um, and people really getting like feeling finally uh, mobilized. And um, you kind of feel like as from a journalist standpoint, like, okay, well, I've been writing nonstop for 18 months. Thanks for getting involved now. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, start paying attention now. You know, I think a lot of people did tune it out. Um, But uh, that'll be interesting to see if that if there is a momentum behind that. Um, We were seeing these women marches already. Um, There's Mm -hmm. supposed to be a really robust one uh, coming up in Chicago. Um, That's going to be right after Trump's inauguration. Um, so I think we're going to see a, a lot more of, you know, demonstrations and, and um, just the malcontents coming out and saying, like, this is what we want. Um, right. We'll see if that if it continues. But I think we'll see more of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think for um, for us at Chicago Women, it's what we do is obviously different than what Natasha and Heidi do. Um, but, you know, and Kendra and I talked about this a lot um you know, a couple of days after when I wasn't comatose. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, it just put a much finer point on what it is we're doing. Um, you know, you're not going to open Chicago Women Magazine and find, you know, um, it's not news per se. Again, it's telling stories of women. They're empowering, inspiring stories. And um, so for us, it's like, you know what? Women need to know about, um, you know, if there's legislation out there that's curbing you know, curbing their freedoms, regardless of what it is. If there's um, new programs out there for women who want to start their own companies, if there's, um, you know, laws out there that, um, you know, it's like with the new law legislation that um, said that uh, the hairstylists, you know, the being trained to kind of notice right. um, when a woman Domestic might be being violence. abused. Yes. Yeah. And so those are types of things that, you know, our readers want to know. And that that's something that they might hear, you know, in the news. But if we could, you know, find someone who has experience with that, then that they can tell their story. And so for us, it's just about sort of taking all of that and, um, you know, sort of, you know, putting our flag, you know, in the dirt saying, okay, this is what we do. This is what our mission has been for since the very beginning. And now, you know, we need to really make sure that we're telling all kinds of stories, you know, for women out there. So they, you know, whether they're mad or frustrated or happy, mm-hmm. it's still, we're all still women and we all still need to support each other. So for, from us, that's what we are trying to do. And, you know, and, um, and yeah, it's just, you know, it, it was, it's not a place for, um, like we're not going to be in a position where we're getting hate mail. I hope. <laughs> um, I don't want to. Fight you let somebody. us know if you do. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will fight somebody if I have to. Um, but you know, I, so that's not what we're doing. But we're just you know trying to say, look, this is something that we're all dealing with in some way, shape, or form. How do we lift each other up? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what mm-hmm. we're doing. And, and I so think that Chicago woman in that respect in the next four years is going to have an incredibly important voice and role, if things progress as we think they might progress over the mm-hmm. next four years. Mm-hmm. So both Natasha and Heidi kind of brought up the, the the kind of troll issue, which, you know, I've been the subject of that myself. It is not fun. And you do have to grow a really thick skin. And sometimes I wonder, but I'm not in that position on a daily basis like, you know, you guys are. So I was thinking like this, 
is there like a fear or the potential fear of backlash from these online trolls that are supporters of individuals or organizations or issues? Um, do you think that ever influences how issues are covered? Um, and if so, you know, what's being done, if anything, to help reporters kind of get past that and, and, and not have that in the back of their head when they're writing these difficult stories that might be controversial or draw a line, you know, between one or the other. Sure. I think there's a concerted effort to try to influence reporters and scare them out of covering certain topics. I mean, that's well documented. You've got the Koch brothers on camera. So, I mean, there are, you know, there are professional trolls, right, who are yep. paid to harass reporters and scare them out of covering, you name it, climate change, What you know, whatever the topic mm -hmm. ha happens to be. Um, I don't know any reporters who shy away from anything based on, I, I mean, if anything, it's a badge of honor to, <laughs> to feel like, you know, hey, I, you know, my story is ruffling feathers enough um, to be getting some hate mail. Um, I mean, the, the last thing you want, right, is to be ignored. Um, the second to last thing you want is to be trolled, but it's better than being ignored. Uh -huh. So I, I don't, I just don't know any reporters who are saying, you know, we were going to cover that DCFS case, but what if it ticks off, you know, I, or I was going to like, we're used to, or even to... if it doesn't go that deep, do you think that just psychologically <clears throat> though, that can make, make it more difficult or take a pause before you kind of go there and embrace like a difficult issue? Or do you really think it just really empowers journalists more to just go for it? It would be hard for me to speak for anybody other than myself. I don't I, I don't ever shy away from anything based on whether it's going to get me hate mail. And, and again, part of that is because what in the world would I write? Like yeah. literally every I mean, I, I can write about, you know, it's OK for boys to play with dolls and get flamed. Um, so there's I could write. I could write about recipes. That's literally the one thing I could write about and not get hate mail. Um, but I'm not interested in recepes. I, I love food. I'm just yeah, not very good at cooking it. Right. <laughs> so, it's the green, not the milk. <laughs> You're the reason for obesity. Yes. <laughs> Stop calling for full fat. Um, <laughs> it's actually, you're right. I could still get hate mail right. for recipes. Sure, Any of us could. I guess I would uh, just... But, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I, I would only, no. I mean, I'd second that. I, I think I, I can't see report not covering something because of that, but I, I can see maybe a more withdrawal of like, you know, sometimes when you have a big story, you, you, um, you put it on Twitter, you put it on Facebook, you kind of discuss it with other people. If it's super sensitive like that, or if you're getting a lot of blowback, maybe you shy away a little bit yeah. just inadvertently because you don't want to deal with the whack jobs. I mean, um, but I will say that in the midst of that very, very, you know, caustic campaign of 2016, um, I, I just speak for people in the our main office in D.C. who are in, you know, the thick of it every day. And, you know, they it, it was it was horrible. I mean, it, you know, we had a, a, a media journalist. Um, she covers the media and she's Jewish and they, um, you know, they created a Twitter account and put a swastika over her mm. Um 
and um, or, or no, a target. I'm sorry, a target over her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people were getting uh, reporters were getting mail at their homes, their personal wow. home mm-hmm. addresses with threats, and yeah. um, so it just it felt a little beyond like the you yeah. know yeah. Right. your story sucks, you suck, you yeah. know kind of thing. It was. It was just much more personal, um, and there was like security, and and we'd get emails coming out saying, you know, your our journalist security is our number one priority, <laughs> which you're always like, okay, you know, I, um, I think I think trolls come in the form of several layers, right? So trolls will attack social media now, but also, I mean, I dealt with a with a stalker that I met doing MOS, you know, man on the street interviews. Apparently he, he didn't uh, like that. I didn't want to be his friend on Facebook and it, it, it took a, it took a nasty turn. He ended up, it was a two year court case. He was threatening to um, rape me, how he was going to do it. Send me my address all because I didn't want to be friends with him on Facebook. And the judge, even at the end of the entire trial, said to him, sir, can w- how did this even start? And he said, because she doesn't want to be my friend. And I didn't know him. I, I literally, you know, you, you see reporters, cameramen on the street. Hey, can I get you? What do you think about the weather today? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with your kids? Whatever. It was a very benign story. And, um, yeah, so I, I feel like trolls come in all yeah. shapes and sizes and i fear for women that they 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 question posting their story on their social media mm-hmm. sharing an experience that they had because the backlash that they get in that form mm-hmm. especially i think against women in the news mm-hmm. or writing is you know just because you see just because you read you know your column or you read your magazine doesn't give you the right for these trolls to to act how they how they want to but it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a really fine line of what's private and what's not and and I feel like that is something that we're going to see in the next 4 years yeah because More than ever. taking mm-hmm. to social media to offend I don't care if it's a person a group an organization a race a policy a governing decision mm-hmm. you you have to do it with kid gloves right because those trolls. I think that speaks to a cultural belief too that we sort of own women. I mean, this guy felt like he was he deserved your Facebook friendship, right? That you know, I often say to myself, gosh, if I could only have that conversation with like my 25-year-old self or my 30-year-old self. And so, you know, seeing how, I mean, you've been in the business a while now, and hopefully you'll be in the business for a long time to come, because you all add, this you know... This escalate your career, just so you know. This, this I'm pot, this writing about recipes. <laughs> right. So yeah, really, yeah. people are doing take off. So I go back to the fashion industry. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you were your kind of 20-something self today, entering the news business, what would you say to yourself? <laughs> You go, Jennifer. <laughs> um, again, I think again, what I do um, and what we do at the magazine is different. It's not necessarily news, um, but I would. Uh, I think I just would tell myself, you know, just to keep focused on what it is that I want, because I, I, kind of, you know, took a, a few different kind of turns before I ended up here at magazines. But I always knew that I wanted to do that. I was always obsessed with magazines, and so. Um, I think I just would tell myself just to 
whatever it was that sort of came your way, you know, that was threatened to kind of, you know, kick you off your path. Um, you just kind of have to, to stick to what you're doing. It's like what, you know, what I just said, like with, you know, for our mission is, um, you know, just to stick to what you're doing and um, make sure that whatever that mission is, is whether if you're in news, it's to tell the truth and tell the story. Um, for us, it's to, you know, to tell the stories of women in the city. And so um, I think I would tell myself, you know, to not get deterred, um, which I think when I was younger, um, I think maybe you don't have that kind of confidence mm -hmm. in yourself now. And I just sort of mentally just kick people out of my way. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I couldn't Rod's have done that back then. <laughs> I would, I would kind of echo that. I, I would tell any twenty something, and I, and I do tell twenty somethings this when I talk to them. Um, just know that you belong here. Know that we need you here. Newsrooms need you as much as you need to be in a newsroom. I mean, I think that um, it's easy to forget that when you're young and you walk in a newsroom and it's intimidating and it's a bunch of people who are in a hurry and they're brusque and they're smart and they're, you know, male usually and older. Um, <laughs> but that's not, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cover the world the way the world needs to be covered. We need all sorts of voices and we need young voices and we need fresh perspectives. And so I would say just know that you belong there and that you're needed there. I would just add, when I when I was at the Daily Herald, where I started, I was covering this 98-year-old uh, woman. I was doing a feature story on her and how she she learned at 97 how to paint. And it turned out she was this wonderful uh, artist. Anyway, um, and but we'd sit and have tea and talk and stuff. And she said to me, you know, and I was in my 20s, um, she said, you know, men always will stand up and raise their hand. Make sure that you in your newsroom or in your work are always are raising your hand and saying, I can do this. I want to do this because no one's going to come to you and ask you. And it always kind of stuck with me. And it's so true. I mean, there have been times when I'm like, oh, I, I should be getting that position, right? I mean, I just like it was natural. But no, I really had to raise my hand and say, I can do this. And I, I feel like a lot of employers will respond to that. Oh, if that person has the confidence, then maybe we should too. And women, I think sometimes need to be reminded of, of, of doing that, being self-promoters. Raise your hand. Yeah, I just I like say that. be nice. Mm -hmm. Be nice. Go, you know. And support the other women yeah. you're working with. Oh, yeah. 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 That's just, I've seen just be way too much of you know, the kind of petty, snarky, behind-the-back talk. And whenever mm. I hear that, I just mm. shut it down. Mm. It's just negative, and it reflects poorly on all of us, I think, ultimately, as, mm. as women And you as never well. know who's going to be your boss, mm. right? Mm. Like, you could, you have, you never know. So true. I always so say you never know who you're going to work with or for. Mm -hmm. So you know what? Be nice. Don't burn bridges. So, like, on that note, um, <laughs> we really want to thank everyone for being part of this very first edition of the broadcast. Um, you are all going to get your own very own the broadcast chapstick to take with you to remember this moment in time. So whenever your lips are dry in this windy city weather, you'll remember this day and you will never forget it. So thank you for listening and joining Mike and I. We're super excited and um, we hope everyone will follow this. Um, you know, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at C Strategies LLC. Um, you can also visit our website at uh, cstrategiesllc.com. And am I missing anything on that note, Miss Micah? Well, I am always asking people to help other people. So now I'm asking people to help us. If anyone out there wants to be a sponsor and wants to keep this conversation going, Consider sponsoring the broadcast. 
to reach out to Becky or I for more information. Our emails are Becky at CStrategiesLLC.com or Micah at CStrategiesLLC.com because we need to keep this conversation going. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe in a year from now, after we've taken off into the stratosphere, we'll have you back, you know, on this one-year anniversary, and then you'll get a new <laughs> only, chapstick. Only if you'll have us. <laughs> yes. Squeeze us in. We'll have you. So Natasha Karakia Politico, Heidi Stevens of the Chicago Tribune, and Jennifer Smith-Tapp of Chicago Women Magazine. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. You're great broads. And can I have a quick shout out to my son, Daniel, who is outside the studio listening. How many swears did we do? Oh, yeah, not no. one. How about if we just say shite? Now he got some. I don't know how corner. many quarters I owe him. <laughs> Thank awesome. you all. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm.